U.S. Congressman and civil rights leader John Robert Lewis was born February 21, 1940 in Troy, Alabama. Lewis was the son of a sharecropper who went to segregated schools. This is where the Jim Crow laws created by local state governments didn't allow black and white students to be educated together and segregated people. Also, John Lewis' parents did not want him challenging these laws. As a teenager, John Lewis was inspired by Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. He saw the activism in Montgomery at the bus stop and heard Martin on the radio that made him want to be a part of the civil rights movement. In college, Lewis was part of the Freedom Rise, challenging segregation at the interstate bus terminals across the South. Lewis risked his life fighting a fight with those who did not want segregation to end. By 1963, Lewis was considered one of the big six leaders of the civil rights movement. At the age of 23, Lewis was a keynote speaker at the historic March on Washington when Martin gave his famous, I have a dream speech in August 1963. Lewis is well known for his chairmanship of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee and leading over 600 peaceful protesters on a march that was stopped by Alabama State Troopers on the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama in 1965, also called Bloody Sunday. He became a U.S. Congressman in 1986. His documentary, John Lewis, came out right before his death at the age of 80 in 2020. Welcome to another episode of Itinerant Minds. Man, we have another guest. I have a former director from Savannah State University who I had to find out the hard way that she doesn't take any shit. <laughs> yeah, but not that. I'm sure a lot of former students can say the same, but I can say that she was honest genuine, funny, and she had an amazing heart. Also, she's part of Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, and she never takes the time away, or she used every chance that she gets to throw it in your face, so she reps it to the fullest. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to introduce Stephanie Anderson. How's it going, Miss Anderson? It's going great. It's hot as hell, but it's going great. Good, good, good. Well, I know you have a story to tell, and I know you have a lot of life lessons. And every now and then, I'll go on your Facebook. I realized that at one point that you broke down, but after you saw the walls around you, you actually prayed about it. You kicked the door down. You got out of that cocoon, and you flew away. And that's what this episode is all about. You know, this topic is about self-reflection and life lessons and and life is all about choices right oh yes Um, we can be depressed or we can seek help Mm -hmm. we can get up and fight or we can stay down Mm -hmm. we can be healthy or we don't have to be healthy but life is about choices and choices there are some consequences and i know that when it comes to the older generation, they're always giving us advices because you all been through it. But I know sometimes, you know, you have the younger generation, they look at social media and they feel like they have all the answers. Sometimes that is a good thing to a certain extent, but you can go through a situation and you probably go through something that you don't know how to find a way to get out of it. So you need someone to be able to guide you and give you some advices because they've been through it and that's the reason why i have you here you know i want to make sure that you can share your knowledge 
but I want to start off with who is Stephanie Anderson? Well, let's see, where do I start now? <laughs> now that I'm, uh-huh. I'm reinventing myself. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Stephanie Anderson from Savannah, Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. Only child from my mom and um you know, like you said on my story, I am my only child for my mom, and I just lost her in November, actually two weeks before my 51st birthday. So, um, with that being said, um, I have a close-knit family, large family, uh, and they have been, like, you know, the wall around me to hold me up, so to speak, as well as my sorority sisters from... I'm in three organizations now since I've... Oh, wow. I'm in Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, Iota Phi Lambda Sorority Incorporated, and I'm a member of Top Ladies of Distinction, the Savannah chapter. So wow. I am very, very <laughs> active um, and also, you know, a very vibrant church member at Sweetfield of Eden Baptist Church here in Savannah in the historic pinpoint community. So um, like you say... My personality, my persona, it doesn't just happen at Savannah State. How you see me at Savannah State is how you see me out in the city, in my church. You know, it's it's always a teachable moment or, you know, fun and games, but at the same time, life lessons. So um, I've become a person who has, I don't know, still, still to that point where I, I care and I share. Mm-hmm. And so I know that, you know, with this coronavirus going on, it's having a, a major impact on people's lives. And I remember seeing TDJ, he posted, he basically said that be sure to lead by faith and show people that it's possible to be joyful no matter the condition. So how are you coping with this coronavirus slowing people's lives down? Well, um, I don't know if you saw um, one of my posts on Facebook, too. I've uh, When the corona first came out very strong up in New York. I have um, two aunts, my mom's half-sisters. Um, I lost them two weeks apart. Literally. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was hard for the family because actually the healthier aunt passed before the aunt that was actually sick and she was, you know, she was out eyes and ears for the aunt that had been on the respirator and you know all of this stuff she's walking around healthy and then all of a sudden she has to go to the emergency room and two days later she has a massive heart attack <clears throat> oh no so you know that and then you know her kids are all, all of them are up there with her but um you know aunt pam died uh two weeks after oh she beat the corona but because her body had been so battered from her underlying conditions because she suffered MS and some other health issues that she was mm-hmm. just so weak that she couldn't. Um, and so she succumbed to complications and things of that nature. So we just literally two weeks ago brought her body, well, her remains back down here to bury her next to her mother that's in the Liberty County area. So it was, you know, kind of bittersweet. You get to see your family, but you have to see them and love them from a distance. Um, but you know, we just stay prayed up and have the faith that this thing is going to come to pass. And that way we'll be able to love on each other the way we would normally have loved on each other. 
and supported each other. Yes, because I remember, um, and, and I'm always referencing T.D. Jake because I, I love hearing him. And mm-hmm. he, he actually gives a lot of different messages. And he basically stated that, you know, pain is always going to leave a gift behind. Oh, yeah. To look for, you know. Yes. So I know that I can see that you had a lot of death in the family. And you also stressed um, in the past as well. Yeah. You turned it around. Yes. This Corona thing, man, it made me realize. And I remember that I said it in a, a, a an episode in the past but it made me realize what's important to me it made me realize what's fulfilling what's a distraction it made me realize that a lot of the things that i was i was doing it was all busy work it wasn't anything that was going to produce any value in my life it was all busy work and i started mistaking movement for progress yes so i had to sit back look at my goals think about what i want to do with my life and move in that direction so how, how important is mental health? Oh my gosh. You have to be. I, it It's to the point where you either going to beat it or you're going to let it beat you. Yeah. And I've always been that strong willed person where I'm like, look, step, uh, you, I live, me and my, my cousin are roommates and we grew up like sisters because our moms were like two years apart. So She's the only child also, and she lost her mom, uh, what, eight, maybe eight to 10 years ago to lupus. And so we've always been around her, you know, supporting her and um, her kids call me auntie and, you know, um, I help raise them and all this stuff. So she's been like the biggest support for me, but she would come in and always ask, you okay? Uh, you need to talk, you need to cry. You know, I'd be like, get out. You're going to make me emotional. So what I would do was I'd get up and I'd just go walk. You know how I used to do around here, mm-hmm. me and Miss Stovall. i just put my headphones on and just, <laughs> and before you know it, I've been gone for an hour. And she's calling, where are you? Oh, um, somewhere. And when I look back <laughs> at my uh, phone, I've walked five miles somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> just clearing my mind because I'm like, I can't let this get me down because I still have a purpose on this earth you know yeah i um i go and check on i have one aunt that's still um living she literally lives right across the street she's my mom's older sister now Uh, she's two years older than my mom and her and my mom were best friends so she kind of took the death kind of hard so i go over there every day and check on her and you know i have a 91 year old aunt that still lives in pinpoint so i go and check on her call all the elderly moms of the church you know i just do my <laughs> rounds you know just to keep my mind sane so i won't sit in here and pity myself for the loss of my mom yes 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 it's like all life experience it, it shows us who we are yes yeah yes. And, and but when jumping into a new situation whether it's a relationship pursuing a goal we know that the path is scary and sometimes that uncertainty have us questioning if that journey is worth it or not and so we push it off you know we don't think about it we say hey we'll do it later but we know that time waits for no one Mm -hmm. what can you tell the listener about time as they navigate through life oh my gosh you know the the cliche is seize every moment um Mm -hmm. you know you have to take advantage of those moments and like you say, you reflect on T.D. Jakes, my godson, who's 19. Um, he's now the pastor of our church. Um, mm-hmm. and he did a Bible study um, talking about timing with the Lord. 
Um, you're not going to get your blessings unless that is almost like the orbit. You know, the earth has to line up with the moon and the sun. Your mm-hmm. blessings aren't going to come until you are lined up perfectly with God. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you can, and, and us as humans, we want to try to take things into our own hands sometimes, and that can be detrimental. You can lose that blessing, or if mm-hmm. it's the perfect timing, you'll gain a victory from that blessing. You know, so I, I I take that to heart now. You know, it's like, okay, am I living right through God's eyes? You know, mm-hmm. am I going to get the victory? Because you always hear, I used to always hear um, people tell me, oh, you're going to get your blessings for taking care of your mom and this, this, and this. And, you know, I've gone from, you know, my family members doing us wrong with with the place that we were living in. When my mom, we found out we had she had cancer and they evicted us out of the house so to speak so you know that was hurt on top of you know where are we gonna go and you know my family opened up their doors for us and you know just seeing things happening and you know other things started lining up you know it's like don't worry about that you know y'all are gonna be okay and you know this this and this but to make a long story short you know I'm, I'm just blessed to have a, a family and a community that you know has surrounded me and supported me and loved me so you know those are the types of blessings that I see come out of you know the turmoil so to speak I also had a situation where I remember back in 2005 I went to Augusta State University mm-hmm. and after the first semester I dropped everything I left college and went back home because I wanted to pursue rapping well eventually it didn't work out I started working and you know how it goes. Once you start working, you start having bills. Well, those bills just kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And I always knew that I wanted to go back to college. But at the time it was like, I have to pay these bills, get rid of these bills. And then eventually I'll go back to college. Well, I knew that at this point, I'm never going to get rid of these bills. (laughs) So I eventually dropped everything I had a car payment, I had other bills, and I just said, forget it. I left, and I went back to college. And now it made me the person who I am today because I took the leap of faith and actually just jumped out there and did what I wanted to do. That's the reason why I I brought it up, that time waits for no one, you know, take the leap of faith, go ahead and do what you want to do, and don't feel like it's ever going to be a right time to do it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But you have to make sure that you follow in his word to make sure that you go in the right direction. And, and you'll, he'll, he'll, he'll expose it to you. He will show exactly. you when the time is right. Well, and definitely. so I continue to remind myself about time and always referencing something that Lee Brown said. And he basically said that the graveyard is the richest place on earth because there is where you find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled, the books that were never written, the songs that were never songs, the inventions that were never shared. And there, you know, you have to make sure that you can't be afraid to take the first step. Um, One thing that I wanted to bring up and and talk about that, you know, some people are always searching for happiness. And and I, I guess my question for you is, does it start within you or based on your life? How do you define happiness? That's a good question. (laughs) how do you define happiness I mean I mean it's for me personally um happiness is is more so a satisfaction a feeling 
of knowing that you have done your best, given your best, given your all, and it is reciprocated back to you. But again, you have to know who you are and what your expectations are in that service or that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That emotion or whatever you've given to somebody else in order to get it back. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, just, you know, example is, you know, you can't go into a relationship thinking, okay, I'm going to give my all and then that person only gives you 20%. Yes. It's not going to work. You know, it's not going to work because you, you're, you're, you're giving your all. And I think I've seen several posts on, on Facebook or, or somewhere else where I've read it. It's like, you can't empty yourself into somebody who's not going to pour back into you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's you the know? truth. You know, so it's like, you have to be careful with, with, with that word happiness because, you know, it's a thin line, you yeah. know, and it's it's either going to be successful or it's going to be a failure but the thing is how are you going to come back from it to to look uh go to a different route to get to your happy spot yeah because i remember um when i was in college and when i got out of college all i thought about was money you know i mm-hmm. thought that money was going to make me happy i thought that you know just having the best clothes was going to have make me happy i thought that just having um, material things, things. Material material things, things. Were going to make me happy then I had to realize right. that you know people with money some, some of them are are depressed miserable and they're miserable and I and yeah. I, I and so I started thinking that if if I knew that I had five to ten years to live what would I spend my time on who would I spend it with what would I spend my money on or if I knew that I was going to leave tomorrow what are some things that I regret? And how would I try to rectify that? And then you start thinking and and questioning yourself. And you realize that a lot of the money that I spend on, a lot of the things that I spend my money on or my time with, it's not really fulfilling to me. So now I'm having to st- take a step back to start thinking about what makes me happy. So, yeah. uh, you know, again, it's just uh, uh, your happiness has to start within and you have to focus on the things that makes you more fulfilling. Yes, definitely. But and it, you know, this with this corona, it's it's taught me, you know, with you know, since March until now, well, actually February until now, when it really started, you know, the simpler things in life sometimes do make you the happiest, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, just enjoying quality time. Instead of, oh, I got to do this, 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 and this, you know, rushing through life and not being able to stop to see the small things that matter. Mm, mm. And, and I guess what if someone's happiness is defined as someone else, but that person goes through like a breakup or, you know, a death? How can they, if that happiness is within someone else, how can they regain their strength back? Well, I, I'm, I'm a. I'm, if you was to put that as a, a definition or a question, and I would be that face because when my mom had her stroke eight years ago, it's like, you know, I dropped everything to take care of her, and she has been in my life literally 24/7 for eight complete years. And so, my aunt, she's a minister also, um, 
she told me the day of my mom's funeral, she called me in the room and she said, Nisi, she said, I want you to get counseling. And I'm looking at her like, I'm all right, auntie. She was like, no, I need for you to get counseling because your mom has consumed your life for the last eight years and you're not going to know how to function without her. And so I'm looking like, what is this lady talking about? And granted, I still haven't gone and got counseling, but, you know, it's just because I, I felt like, you know, once we got the diagnosis and, you know, she and I talked and, you know, we lined things up, I already accepted, you know, if you get to that point where, you know, you're going to leave this world. I'm going to be okay because I know I took the time to take care of you like a daughter should have, mm. you know? So it wasn't ever any guilty moments, you know, where, Oh, I should have been there for her. No, because I knew I was there from day one. And, you know, so everybody was like, are you okay? Are you okay? How are you doing? You know, cause I still have, I have one, a family member now who her, her, one of her parents has been dead almost six, seven years now. And she's still coping with, that death. Oh that wow. Life. Yes. And you know, something and sometimes I you know how hard I used to be on, okay, you need to snap out of this. You have children to take care of. You have a husband in your life. They're they're they didn't ask for a mom to sit there and soak on soak on the loss of her father. You know, you need to get your butt up, pull up your bootstraps and get it moving, honey. Yes. <laughs> That's just making you sick. Within and literally now she has so many health issues and I keep telling her, you know, you holding stuff in is toxic on your body. She has fibromyalgia. She has high blood pressure. She has this. She has that. You know, I'm like, and you wondering why you keep getting sick because you're not letting stuff go. Yeah. Yeah. What are you holding on to it for? He's in a much better place than we are. Yeah. I Think mean, about it that way. You know, it's like stop honing in on that loss as a negative you have to gain all you can from it and move on write a book about it do something productive with it you know yeah other people how to cope with death do something different just don't sit there and just make yourself sicker and sicker to where your children are going to be able to enjoy their lives because they're going to be worried and having to come take care of you exactly because you know it's like you know that person gone that person is no longer suffering no and at all it is our own selfish you know of us wanting that person to stay around even mm-hmm. though we know mm-hmm. that that person is going to suffer we just want that person to stay around just know that that person is in a, a better place yes and yes. so and so that's how i see it and i guess so ultimately it with everything that you know if you can go back in time and you saw your younger self, what would you change based off of the life, the lesson learned that you have now? What would you change and what would you tell that person to prepare for? Hmm. Wow. When I, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the younger me. I would probably say based off of, you know, my childhood, which was awesome. You know, I come like I said, I come from a small community here in Savannah, um, in which back in those times, our area was considered as the south side of Savannah, and it was more so the country. So, you know, everybody knew everybody. You know, we knew a strange car came in our neighborhood. That's how close-knit we were. So, 
if I could go back and say to myself, um, it's almost like get yourself lined up to be able to be able to come back to the community and give back. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I graduated from high school, I, I looked at going into the military. I wish I would have now because I would have been retired. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know? sure. Um, <laughs> I would have been retired if I had went straight in after high school. But no, I chose, you know, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to play sports and all this stuff. And even with the sporting piece of it, um, I wish I would have, you know, taken it a little more serious. Because maybe I would have been one of the first black females to start um, be a star in softball. Because that was my passion, softball. Um, and I could have been a hell of a coach. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you just, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like, okay, had you done what you should have done instead of just doing just enough to get by, you know, do that, go that extra. That's why I used to always tell y'all. I'm not going to let y'all follow in my footsteps. If I see the potential in you, I'm going to beat it out of you if I have yes, to. You definitely did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it, 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 what I used to tell y'all at that first meeting, look at the person next to you or the people in this room because there are going to be some people who aren't going to be able to stay here. Take advantage of this moment now because you are going to make a difference in the world. Yep, and many did. Yes, Maybe and, and so that's one of my that's one of my happiness too. When I go out on social media and I see so many of you all being so successful, and then some people, you know, they send me personal little messages saying thank you for being so stern on us our freshman year. And I can say the same thing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can say the same thing. <laughs> yes, I, I um I spoke with somebody the other day, and they're like, "Are you still in housing?" And I was like, "No, I've been out of housing for four years." It's like, what? <laughs> You're not in housing anymore. What are the kids doing? And I was like, "Well, I still have you know those." moments with them but it's not like the hands-on 24 hour where i can mold y'all and you know teach you what my saying used to be you're going to be a productive citizen in this world one day so you have to learn those tools in order to do that so yeah it's and these kids these millennials are a whole different breed now yes yes oh my god it's it's, it's hard to reach them but some of them are reachable. <laughs> and I see, and, and, and I'm always seeing all of your posts, and you have long posts. <laughs> but I read I every post, bit of it. Yeah, it's, all, it's a long post. <laughs> and I read every bit of it. And you're always giving life lessons. Did you ever think about um, starting a podcast for yourself? You know, somebody said that to me the other day. You should. I, I think you like, should. It was like, step, maybe that's your calling. I was like, yep. uh, don't know. I don't even look. You saw how hard it was for me to log in. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would definitely have to ask somebody who's a, a technology savvy person to, to to be a partner because I don't know anything about this part. <laughs> yeah, because I I think you should do it because you have so many people that follow you, so many people that want to hear from you, and it just might be your calling to where you can help someone who's in need. And you can have that voice to potentially help that person. Oh, wow. 
Now you, now you, now you got my, 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 my wheels turning in my head there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever need to set up one, please let me know and I can get you all situated. I can um, tell you what route to go, what apps to download, um, where to distribute, distribute it. I can, I can give you some knowledge and insight on how to get it all started. Okay. I'll take you up on that. Yeah, so please, please let me know. But I, I want to say just thank you just for being part of this episode. Thank you. Uh, um, it was a pleasure. But before we close, do you have anything to promote? No, just stay safe and, and ignore this ignorant-ass president we have and wear your mask. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Man, if we ever going to get through this thing, we all have to come up. Uh, cooperate and follow directions i mean i know it's hard but we can't get through it in, until we all get together and be on one accord yeah i remember saying that we don't have the patience to do the right thing and i guess you know it's human nature to rebel against something you're forced to do yeah, um, because yeah. this is supposed to be helping us but yet you yeah. know everyone feels like their freedom is taken away why can't mm -hmm. i not wear a mask and it's like you're helping other people it's not all about you exactly exactly <laughs> it's not yeah. all about you you're helping other people who actually could you know have a, a harder or a hard a worse situation than you uh, potentially die because yep. it's the coronavirus because they have underlying issues mm. underlying issues so help someone else out by wearing a mask listen my nephew 24 he just turned 25, literally, a couple of weeks ago, in, well, in May. And so uh, he would come by. We uh, Here at our apartment, we have a ritual. And you come in that door, we have a Lysol bottle right there, a Lysol can, something. You are afraid to before you step inside, take your shoes off at the door, wash your hands, then go about your merry way. Oh, we're not coming over to y'all. You want to be social butterfly. You want to go out to the club. All y'all young people, blah, blah, blah. He called us one Sunday and said, oh, I feel so bad. Like I got hit by a bus. getting the test. Came back Thursday. He didn't call his mama. He called me. Man, my test said I'm positive. Stare down. Because you don't want to damn listen. You don't want to listen. And I so told you, what? the younger kids, they feel like they got all the answers. <laughs> oh, my God. I have never heard fear in his voice in my life until then. <laughs> so I said, okay, now what's the, the moral of the story is? Take advice from the older generation. <laughs> <laughs> he was so like, man, I don't want to hear all that right now. I'm just scared. Okay, well, we're going to take care of you, nurse you back and everything, but you got to stay quarantined. You know, and then, the sad part was you have a four-year-old active little boy, you know, who just worships the ground. Now, how are you going to be, you're going to be in a room closed off for 14 whole days, and he's not going to understand he can't physically be with his daddy for 14 days. Right. You know? So you you didn't consider all of that when you're out there, oh, we going to the club and oh, we taking this too serious and you don't want to wear your mask. And, okay, now here it is. So, what the saying is, hard head make a soft ass. And yep. now you're, 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 
Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just encourage everybody to just please, please, please wear your mask when you're going out in public. We'll definitely do that. And yes. again, Watch you know, everything. <laughs> and again, you know, thanks for joining this episode. But I'm going to end for everyone. Sleep well, eat well, read, make better decisions, and we're out.